All right, we're live. What's up, guys? Uh, 109th installment of the Unplugged Alpha podcast series. Again, this is something that I'm building on top of the book. The original book was published a few years ago. And uh, a little bit of housekeeping. The second edition is out. So if you haven't got it yet, people are uh, getting their pre-orders delivered now. Looks almost exactly the same as the first one. The biggest difference, you got to ignore the watermark, but this is a uh, not for real resale copy from uh, Amazon, my copy. Uh, but it just says second edition at the very bottom there. So it's been updated. There's about an extra 40 odd pages, uh, a lot more dense. Uh, any grammatical issues were fixed. My editor took care of that. And uh, he's actually flying in in a couple of weeks uh, so I can record the audio version of the second edition to put it out on Audible. So you guys will have that real soon too because a few people have asked me about that. Uh, it's available in Kindle, print, and now hardback, uh, hardcover, depending on where you are in the world and what you may call it. But um, yeah, grab yourself a copy. It is the complete guide, The pretty much the only thing you need to uh, get into if you need to unplug and get some answers uh, in life if the results you've been getting have sucked, because that's the whole point of the book is really get, you know, put it in the hands of people that uh, need the information, you know, the biggest a compliment the biggest positive piece of feedback i always get is you know i wish i knew this shit like 20 years ago i wish i knew this in my 20s so i see a lot of people now gifting it to uh family and friends and kids and all that and that's one of the things that we did was we tidied up some of the language and tried to make it more palatable without watering down the the message itself so uh it now makes a great gift the holidays are coming so grab some copies and pass them out yes thank you scott thanks kizza how you guys doing um also, to those that uh, have been asking me over the years about putting together an event, it's together. Uh, I'll drop the link in the chat over here. Uh, my website, it's always mirrored. My website is always down there, richcooper.ca. Uh, so you can learn about everything you want uh, about me, podcasting, uh, coaching, events, community, all that stuff. Uh, link to Jan 2024 event. And I'll just leave that up for a little bit as a pin post. That's for the forum. Uh, if you want to uh, meet me in Toronto, uh, that's where you grab your tickets. If you're one of my community members already, uh, you've got a, a discounted link uh, that's available to you. So use that one rather than uh, this one over here. I think that's it. Let's get into the topic. Um, this is straight out of my first book. And rather than me reiterating something that I took months of writing to perfect, I think what I'll do is I'll just play it for you. Um, and then we can kind of expand on it from there. Let me just pin this up at the top for the time being. And I'll do some call-ins as well tonight. Um, one of the things that I've got to change um, that hasn't been working doing, I mean, it's it's working out to three, sometimes four hours worth of podcasting on a Monday night, and I'm just cooked by the end of the night. And uh, next day, productivity just sucks. So what I'm going to do, I was talking to off about this. We're going to move the um, ladies' night show to, to Wednesday nights. So Monday night will continue to be the Unplugged Alpha shows. It always has been, always will be. Um, you know, keep building on the book on that playlist. It's also available, by the way, on podcast platforms. If you guys like to listen rather than watch or watch live, it's always better to watch live. Um, but um, if you like to listen, you can always go and grab a podcast there. But yeah, uh, Monday nights will be the Unplugged Alpha. Wednesday nights will be Ladies Night. And Thursday nights will be uh, Moffis Hours when he does his contributions to the uh, channel. And if you haven't seen Moff's um, 
inaugural installment, which was put out a couple of weeks ago, Moffat's Hours number one. I think you should go watch it. Um, a lot of people don't know his Batman origin story and sort of what what got him to where he's at today. And I think it's um, I think it's a great story. And you know, success leaves clues. So I always tell people to study that and uh, you know take what they can from it. Anyway, um, let me go to chapter number six from the Unplugged Alpha. Uh, Hire slowly, but fire quickly. Um, it's not very long. It's less than six minutes. But what I'll do is I'll build on it and then we'll start taking some call in q and a's you can I, you can <laughs> you guys can ask me questions on anything you want tonight all right so bring whatever you want if you want to bring it on the topic do it bring it on anything else up to you uh let me just cue this up uh and play it and if you can't hear it let me know in the live chat but i'm just going to do it this way just to keep it simple for everybody chapter six hire slowly but fire quickly in 2003, I was working for Canada's largest collection agency, where I was well into my fourth year of service as a manager to a team doing $2 million in receivables. My staff were well-trained and loyal, which meant our recovery rates were incredible. Earlier that year, I had a new vice president assigned to our group, French-Canadian guy from a very rough Audio's background. Good. I remember him telling us stories about his childhood and how his father shot himself in the face. He clashed with me from the get-go. He would publicly disrespect me in front of my staff and make me run detailed reports, which he never looked at for his own personal amusement. After a few months of putting up with his disrespect, something snapped inside of me and I let him know what I thought of him. Thanks. This is where I learned the valuable lesson that people get hired for their skills and resume, but get fired for fit. Towards the end of the year, only three weeks after I moved into my first house with a big mortgage, a manager's salary needed to come off the books for corporate cost-cutting. Guess who was selected by my loving vice president to go home? Me. The initial burn of being handed that severance package hurt, but this push inspired me to go create my own business, which helped me settle consumer credit card debt, and I will forever be thankful for that. It was about a decade later when I finally learned the lesson to hire slowly and fire quickly in my own business. You can use this idea with women in your life, employees, business partners, and even friends. Take your time vetting people, get to know them and study their behavior. The choices someone makes and how they behave should always trump what they tell you if there's a conflict between actions and words. For example, don't listen to what they say, watch what they do. If your spidey senses tingle, listen to your intuition. It knows something is up. Intuition is the little voice whispering in your ear and it often only becomes a loud shout when it's too late and you're going to experience a train wreck. My single mommy experience. Shortly after my divorce, I got involved with a single mom of two boys, and for the first few months, it was great fun dating her. After a few short months, she started suggesting that I meet her boys. This was when my intuition started whispering to me, telling me it wasn't a good idea, but I ignored it. Of course, my intuition only became a shout when her older son manufactured indignation. He started throwing a bad hissy fit, yelling at me and calling me names because I enforced a boundary with them that they didn't like eight months after I met them. Their mother sided with the bratty behavior, completely ignoring the fact that I was right. In hindsight, I should have limited my time in that relationship to just her and let it run its course. I never should have become involved with her kids. I should have also quickly fired her ass and ended the relationship with her at that point and then moved on. But I let the torture drag on for nearly two more years. I also endured several similar incidents because I, again, ignored my intuition. It ended in a colossal train wreck for me with a severe case of one-itis when she cheated on me after I tried to enforce boundaries with her kids again. The business partner experience. 
Shortly after I took my severance package and went home, I partnered with a friend of mine I used to work with to offer debt relief services to consumers. He still had a job that paid him very well, so I was doing almost all of the work and he was taking half the money out of the business account every month. I was working exceptionally hard to make it work. We were making about $30,000 a month for a business with only two staff and no overhead, so it initially felt amazing. That was until I realized that my partner had a drug problem and was a control freak. My intuition was telling me to get out, but once again, I didn't listen. It wasn't until eight months later when it became a literal shout in my head. And only when my business partner was screaming at me over my insistence for him to quit his job and join me full time. In a full-blown state of hysteria, he began yelling at me that he never put me on the corporate books and that I technically don't exist in the business. Initially, it ended very badly, but I picked myself back up quickly and with my brother formed what would become Canada's most successful debt settlement company. Anytime I've gotten into trouble with women, employees, business partners, or anything else, it was because I didn't listen to my intuition and fire that person from my life quick enough. With women, friends, employees, and business associates, always hire slowly and fire fast. You must be fastidious with your time and who you allow into your inner circle. The cold hard truth. Never forget, it's incumbent on you to take... Okay, so that's um, the cold hard truth part of the book is really just a summary of the chapter, which I can skip over. Um, I talked a lot about intuition in that chapter, and I've never really done much on these podcast shows dealing with that. Um, I frame it in the book as this little voice. It's a, you know, it's a whisper. Um, using that as an example, it could be dealing with a woman that is problematic. Maybe she's got red flags. Uh, as you guys know, the red flag chapter for my book is free. Uh, if you're newer to the channel, let me grab the, uh, the banner here. Hold on a second. Uh, where's the red flag chapter link? There it is. I'll just put it in the ticker below. Um, you don't have to get the book to get the red flag chapter. It's free. Just get on my email list and you can download it right there. Um, there's 21 red flags. The chapter has been updated with the additional one, um, which, uh, is in the second edition version, but you know, you could be dealing with a chick that's got a whole bunch of red flags, a handful of them. It doesn't matter, but at some point there's going to be a little voice in your head. Even if you haven't read the chapter in red flags where most people that are tuned in, especially as you get older and you get duped and people fuck you over and you know, they, they take advantage of you. There might, uh, it could be financially or any other way, or they mislead you. Um, you start having this gut reaction. And it's, you know, like I said in the book, it's like this little voice. It's like, hey, man, you might want to pay attention to this. Um, you know, she's hanging out with that ex-boyfriend of hers and she's having coffee with him. Hey, man, she's got a lot of male friends. Hey, man, you know, she likes to go out and party a lot. You know, that little voice, that's your gut. That's your intuition. And it's whispering to you. The problem is, is that we suck at listening to it. We think we know better. We think that, and again, you know, it, it, it could be because we think we know better. It could be because we're thinking with the wrong head, but you proceed anyway. And chaos generally ensues and it will ensue at some point. If your intuition is picking up on something, um, getting good at listening to your gut isn't that difficult of a skill. You all have it. You got it, I got it, we all got it. We all have a vibe that picks up on shit that can damage, hurt, or even kill us, you know? Um, 
So call it whatever you will, your guardian angel, your intuition, your gut, whatever it happens to be, most people will ignore it when it whispers. We can't ignore it when it becomes a shout. I couldn't ignore it when that gal I was dating that had two kids from a prior marriage in tow and, you know, the kid was throwing a hissy fit, having a spaz, calling me names and all this sort of shit. You can't ignore it then. Then you're, then you're confronted with dealing with it. And as I've stated many times that I covered in, you know, my book, women that have children, they're not going to side with you. They're often going to side with the kid's bratty behavior. Not always 100% of the time, but the vast majority of women, that's how they respond. So using your intuition in relationships, in business transactions, in uh, if you're an employer, if you're an employee, if you're dealing with friends, if you're dealing with uh, anything that you're building with people, associates, businesses, partnerships, it doesn't matter. Listen to it. What is it, what is it telling you? Um, a couple of friends of mine, they like to journal and they'll just journal down, you know, ideas during the day. That's, that's one way to do it. You know, some people, you know, they'll, they'll make audio notes. Uh, all phones now have a voice recorder. Uh, it's actually called voice recorder on Android phones. <laughs> um, and you know, you can make audio notes, um, you know, sort of journaling what your gut's picking up on. Use these tools in life to evaluate and assess uh, and, and, and hone it. Because in hindsight, it's 100% accurate. You know, they always say hindsight's tw you know, 2020. It's always 100% accurate. Um, we had this facilitated retreat once. Uh, dude's name is Colin Collard. He's kind of invisible in the business space, but he's one of the best managers of entrepreneurs and coaches to tr try to get the best out of you and your business. And we've spent multi days with this guy several times in a business forum that I was in many, many years ago. Uh, this is circa 2010 to 2013 or so. Um, and one of the most valuable lessons that I took away from some of the retreats and some of the times that we were working together, these were like small groups of like seven to eight guys and a couple of gals in one of the forums that I was in. Um, where you get to know each other very well, you break bread, you know, each other's families, you know, you know, um, you know, their husbands and wives and, you know, stuff like that, their boyfriends, girlfriends, uh, you get to know them really well. So you're in this environment where you're being built up. It's usually a retreat. There's nobody around phones are off sort of shit. And it was like paying attention to your gut and listening to it. One of the things that came up, there was a guy, you know, I can share the story cause I can, uh, water down and sort of like make it vague to get the point across. But there was a guy that was dealing with a employee who was a problem and he was continuously being problematic. He was, he was zigging when he was saying Zach, it's like if you're with a chick and you set a boundary and you say, look, I don't deal with women. You know, she's obviously saying, Hey, rich, take your vibe. Where do we stand? Are we in a relationship? You know, I don't want to share you, blah, blah, blah. You say, fine, that's cool. But I noticed that, you know, you're friends with one of your exes and I, I can't take a chick seriously that deals with one of her exes. So, if that's a problem for you, I just don't see this working out. Okay. So, you know, she lets, you know, the ex go, but if she keeps hanging out with them, right. Or it keeps meeting up with them, keeps texting, doesn't even meet up with them, but keeps texting. It stays in communication. That's a boundary. You know, that, that's, that's a line in the sand that you've set. That is your bottom line. And if they cross it, then that's re room for dismissal. Same thing with this guy that I was working with in this business for him. He had this trouble, he has a problem employee. He kept crossing the bottom line. He kept pushing into it, kept causing havoc, drama, manufactured indignation. And the question then became, when do you fire somebody? You know, 
is it an evaluation process? Is it how much money they make you in that business? What do they do? What are their tasks? Who do they know? How long have they been with you? What's it going to cost you to package them off? And surprisingly, the answer we always came back to, which solved the problem, and it's usually the simplest thing in the world, was as soon as you realize they need to go. It's as simple as that. When do you fire somebody? As soon as you realize they need to go. AKA, hire slowly, fire quickly. People get hired for the resume. They get hired for their ability. They get hired for their skills. Or as they hold out to the public that they have. And slowly over time, as you watch their behavior and how they interact with people and what they do and who they hang out with and all that sort of stuff, they'll tell you who they are. And if you discover who they are is not who you want on board, on in your relationship, in your business, in your friendships, whatever it, happen, it happens to be, it doesn't matter. The minute that you realize that they're not a good fit, that's when you get rid of them. And the sooner you can get to that point, the sooner you can get rid of people that are anchors in your life, that are problematic, that are going to expose you to risk, uh, that uh, betray bottom lines that you set. You know, one of the one of the rules that I set for myself and people that I collaborate with is I don't work with losers and I don't work with people that work with losers. <clears throat> so I'll say that again. I don't work with losers and I don't work with people that work with losers. So if I identify a group, a company, an organization, whatever it happens to be that I don't agree with their mission, how they operate, uh, what they do for business, what they're selling, what their services, what their product, it doesn't matter. And it's them. There's always the us versus them dynamic. Jack Donovan talks about it. Um, I've mentioned his books before. I, I don't have them here in front of me to wave in front of you, but Jack Donovan talks about the notion of us versus them. There's an empire of nothing out there that they're trying to build for us. The globalists want us all to be all inclusive. Everybody take your jab, stand on your dots, get all scared about some shit, you know, trending new thing, change your uh, Facebook, social media avatars because you're standing with whoever, standing with whatever flag, whatever cause, whatever the fuck it is that they want you to care about, the empire of nothing, right? And the reality of the world is that's not how things have worked throughout history. It's always been us versus them, okay? So define who us is, draw a perimeter around us, and then define who them are and keep them on the outside. You don't want them to stop eating, feeding themselves, whatever. I, I want them to eat, just not at my table. So you have to define these things for yourself. This is how you keep your life simple. This is how you keep your life productive. This is how you avoid chaos and drama and unnecessary issues in your life, in your business, and in your relationship is being fastidious with these lines that you draw in the sand. And you tell these people, you tell these women that you're that you're with, you tell these people that you're in business with, you tell employees that you have, you tell employers, you know, it doesn't matter what it happens to be. If there's a line in the sand that you draw, which is your bottom line, draw it, state it, and let them know why. And if they cross it, you fire them. You fire their ass, right? I already told you, I don't hang out with chicks that, you know, keep men around from their past. So what's it going to be? Because you can't keep hanging out with Bill. Right? Like you guys were porking for years, you were engaged to them. Doesn't matter whatever it happens to be, you don't even have to explain yourself. Just state your, you know, you make the statement a fact and it is what it is. And if that's the choice that you're going to make, then I know the choice that I have to make. You know, it's as simple as that. So they can't ever be confused, upset with you. Oh, I was mistreated. I can't believe that, you know, he, he did that. You fucking told them what you were going to do before you did it. Right. So again, hire slow, watch their behavior, see what they're all about size them up and if they cross your bottom line if they don't fit you fire them <laughs> remember the apprentice the cobra
Donald Trump, you're fired, right? Do it however way you want. Entertain yourself with it. Have a laugh with it. It doesn't matter. It's it's your life, guys and gals out there. It's your life. So operate in the way that you best see fit. If you disagree with me, hey, feel free to call in tonight and let me know what it is that you want to disagree on. Or if you have a better solution, I'd love to hear it. Leave a comment below. It's up to you. Uh, I got a few more things to say on the topic. Let me grab the invite link so you guys can start calling in on the Q&A segment. Um, call in. I think I need to change the batteries on this keyboard and ask a question. So you can bring any question you want tonight. Um, I'll try to take as many questions as I can, but um, we've got ladies night queued up, so. Come in early and we'll get your question and taken care of early. Okay. Uh, how do we pin this over here? Triple dot. Boom. Um, yeah, what do we got in here? I don't know where some of these people need to have no ability to cause trouble. I don't yeah, so yeah, so that's interesting, right? Like there's there's the notion of revenge and and like ending people. Um 48 Laws of Power. Yeah, I, saw, I, I got the book here. 48 Laws of Power. Uh, one of the laws is basically destroy your enemy. Uh, what is it? Pay people's fantasies. Keep your hands clean. I don't agree with every single law that Robert Greene has in here. It's a great book. It's, it's definitely on my recommended uh, list. Uh, Crush your enemy totally. Law 15. All great leaders since Moses have known that a feared enemy must be crushed completely. Sometimes they have uh, learned this the hard way. If one ember of sorry, if one ember is left alight, no matter how dimly it smolders, a fire will eventually break out. More is lost through shopping halfway than through total annihilation. The enemy will recover and seek revenge. Crush him not only in body but in spirit. And you know what? If you if you follow that strategy you're gonna you're gonna spend a lot of time on it. It, it it takes a considerable amount of effort energy and resources to go and like fuck people back um you know they also say that the amount of effort and resources to clarify or discredit lies that people make up to you is a magnitude greater than than the time that's worth investing into it right so um there's a lot of these sayings man you know like if you're going to go and seek revenge, dig two graves, one for them and one for you sort of thing. It's an exhaustive thing, right? Um, again, I want to see everybody eat. Just I want some people at my table and I want some people nowhere near my table. And that's fine. Um, most people just, you know, rotten fruit falls from the tree and just, you know, dies on its own, right? You just kind of like if if they're not a good fit and they're not good for you, it's not a good woman, it's not a good business partner, it doesn't matter what it happens to be. If it's not a good fit, just let them go, right? I don't like the idea of exacting revenge. I have exacted revenge. I'm very good at it. But I don't think that it's a good use of time. Uh, can it feel good? You know what your best revenge is, guys, honestly, is, is greater success. Simple as that. Um, Let's see here. What else we got in the chat? Only thing I disagree with you, Rich, is 50-50 custody. Father should have 100% custody by default. Um, yeah, well, look, so here's the facts on that. And guys, again, the link to join in and call a question is there, so you can do that. Um, when they collect data on whether single mothers, 
single fathers with sole custody or two parent households do better for children. Two parent, two parent households always do better for kids. Uh, when men and women operate in their conventional roles that they've evolved to operate within through millennia, that's when kids are most productive and do the best in the world for themselves. Second to that is single fathers. So, uh, Kizza is absolutely right. Single fathers do a good job. In fact, they do a far better job than single mothers do. That's just the data. Don't get mad at me. I'm just telling you how it is, right? Like I just work here, man. Um, oh, the other thing that you'll find will pop up often in scenarios like where you have to uh, hire slowly and fire quickly and you tune into your intuition. Another notion that I want you to prepare yourself for and to understand as well is the idea that you're going to have people. So there's a really good movie out there that I absolutely love. It's definitely in my top, I'm going to say top 50, um, maybe even top 20. It's called Knock Around Boys or Knock Around Guys. Let me just look it up real quick. Uh, give me one second. The knock. It wasn't a big one. Uh, so 2001, Knock Around Guys. Um, Vin Diesel, Barry Pepper, John Malkovich, Andy Davoli, Seth Green, Dennis Hopper, uh, Kevin Gage, amazing cast, phenomenal cast. There's a great scene in there with Vin Diesel getting into a fight and knocking the shit out of somebody. It's just like one of the best scenes ever. Um, anyway, there's a part towards the end of the film where I think it's Dennis Hopper says, um, don't piss down my back and tell me it's raining. One of the things that you'll run into when you're developing this skill and honing your intuition and watching how people behave, hiring slowly, firing quickly, is you're going to have people mislead you or try to misguide you and say one thing when they're doing something completely different. The thing that you have to always, always remember is their actions will express their priorities. You know, this is true for everything. Dealing with women, dealing with relationships, dealing with business, actions express priorities. If somebody says to me, yo, Rich, I want to, you know, I want to invest in this business idea of yours. Um, and we set a meeting and they don't show up for the meeting where they reschedule or they show up late or they say they're going to have money by a certain date and it never shows up. Their actions are telling me that they're not serious and that expresses their priorities in life, which then lets me know where it's going and whether or not I should waste my time. I'm not a fool, right? Same thing with a chick that you're dealing with. Her actions will express her priorities. You know, if she's telling you, oh, you know, I just like going out with my friends every once in a while for, you know, a girl's night and she's putting up on all makeup, the hoop-de-hoop -hoop earrings, the push-up bra, the spanks, all that good stuff. They're going out till the wee hours of the night, getting home at 4 a.m. She's hammered, smashed. Actions express priorities. You know, she's telling you very, very clearly that she's a party girl. She's not, she's not girlfriend material. She's certainly not mother stock. She's not somebody she should put any babies in, right? So actions express priorities. Same thing, you know, in business. If I tell somebody, hey, there's a line in the sand. If you cross it, you're out. And they tell me, oh, no, I'm not going to do that. That's not what I'm doing. You know, it's limited to this, that, and the other thing. Don't piss down my back and tell me it's raining, right? Remember that. Go watch that movie. It's a great, great movie. Love the movie to, to, to bits. It's, it's definitely right up there around the top. I don't know where you're going to get it. It's kind of like... Um, what's the description here? It says a wannabe sons of mobsters go to a remote town and they get themselves into trouble. And I'll leave it at that. It's just a really good film. Really, really good. So check that out. Uh, Giuseppe super chat, hypothetical, moral query. Should a man please cut ties, dump his daughter or sister from their life 
I ask because I hear a lot of men cutting ties and never seeing their daughter or sister again. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I think we have a higher level of tolerance for family, for, you know, for blood with um, bullshit, indiscretions, uh, pissing down your back, telling you it's raining, you know, for example. I've seen a lot of families broken up, um, not talk to each other. Uh, brothers and sisters, uh, you know, siblings. Yeah. You know, um, blood, like very closely related blood, uh, siblings and relatives just cutting ties completely, uh, because their bottom line has been crossed. Um, define what your bottom line is in life, man. You know, um, and it's called a bottom line for a reason. You know, it's, it is the bottom line. They cross it. It's fuck you. You're out. That's it. There's no second chances. There's, like I've had, you know, um, I only shared a few of the stories in that chapter in the book, but I've had legit a best friend in my life uh, do very underhanded things to try to uh, ruin a business that I was getting off the ground. Lawsuits became involved because I had to sue them because I was forced to sue them. Um went on for months and months and months evidence one of the things that my lawyer you know told me at the time which was another big life lesson that you guys should also pay attention to as well because it's so so true is that evidence always has a way of falling in your lap when somebody does you wrong and it's in a really bad way for whatever reason the evidence always comes to you it just does and i had people coming to me with evidence showing me what a piece of shit these guys were and what they were up to Long story short, months go by. It went on for almost a year. It wraps up. It's settled. And then, you know, you get that email, right? This was back in the day when you get emails because we didn't really have text messages and stuff like that. I'm dating myself, clearly. You know, you get that email. Hey, man, you know, can we just uh, let bygones be bygones and water under the bridge and all that sort of stuff? And, you know, I'd love to patch things up and, you know, sit down with you. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Dude, you're a ghost. That's it. You just, you just block them. You lose their number. You know, they try to reach you like, you know, they'll, they'll try to reach you through family even sometimes, right? It's like, you're a fucking ghost. You're dead to me. You don't fucking exist, right? A real brother, brother from another mother, a real brother will talk shit to your face, but always have your fucking back. Always. As soon as they go the other way around and are kind to your face and doing shit behind your back, cut them loose. You're done. That's it. You shouldn't have any tolerance for any space in your life. So to the point of Giuseppe here, I think that, the, that that this remains true for family as well. And it's unfortunate that, you know, family does this to blood. And again, you know, I've seen this several fucking times where siblings will do this to each other. It's usually over money. It's usually over something like an inheritance, um, you know, some sort of a dispute. And it sucks. Because, um, you know, family can be pretty, pretty cool and pretty solid. And um, I'm, I'm grateful and thankful in my life to have seen my brothers stand by my side in very, very difficult times. Uh, so in my inner circle, within that perimeter, the us that I've defined is very fucking strong, right? Um, and that's a perimeter that you move, you know, by the way, like it's a moving target, right? So you can include more people, like you can move the perimeter out and include more people within the inside that define the us sort of boundary or you know you can make it a tighter circle to make it fewer people in there sort of thing you know the us boundary so you know consider that too yeah um 
Again, guys, the link to call in is pinned up at the top. So um, if you have a question, just call in and let's chop it up over the air. Yeah. Once you're out, you're out. That's it. One strike policy. Bye. Uh, Brian here says, how long did it take for the unplugged frame to really settle after you started seeing the reality? Was it gradually brick by brick building or more of a shock that jolted you? Um, it was three things that created the uh, process for me. So I mentioned it, I think, in the intro of the book. Um, if I didn't make it clear enough in the first edition, the second edition, I definitely clarified it. It's included in some of the 40-odd pages that have been added, but I'll tell you guys anyway. Um, it was a uh, divorce in Canada. It was a lobbying effort that I had on uh, Bill 55, which was a Ontario parliamentary bill. And it was dealing with the uh, single mommy after the divorce. Um, I subscribe to a narrative, a story. I ego invested in the notion that the government cares about people and wouldn't let banks and credit card companies uh, profits get in the way of protecting the consumer's options to get out of credit card debt. I was wrong. Uh, that was a that was a big shock because I I rolled the dice on what I thought was going to be a hundred percent win. I spent a lot of money and a lot of time lobbying the government, meeting with these politicians. They sat across the fucking table for me and said, "Yeah, this is a bullshit bill. This is going to hurt people. It's going to cost some money." I don't want the banks and credit card companies and financial institutions to make more money. They already make plenty. We're not going to sign this. We're not going to pass it through. We're going to have our critic, you know, push us back. And all of these motherfuckers lied to me, right? So, you know, like when you start to ego invest in stories and beliefs that you subscribe to that, you know, at some point are violated, it's like a house of cards and the whole fucking thing comes down. And you're like, Jesus, like that was, that was a moment that I talk about in the intro of my book. Where I was like, I was literally in tears in my office. I remember I had to close the blinds in my office so nobody could see me break down like a pussy. And I, and I just had this purge. And that was the first time, you know, my life was like, man, that sucks. And then it was the divorce machine because I had no idea what divorce was like. I didn't have any friends that get divorced. And if I did, they didn't say that it was, you know, awful. I just understood. Okay, well, married the wrong person. This isn't working out. Let's untie the knot. We'll work it out in an amicable fashion, like I do with any other negotiation that I do. Because, you know, we were in love at one point. We had a big party and the reception and the honeymoon and all that sort of shit. And, you know, shockingly and surprisingly, divorce law isn't very friendly towards men. Again, there's a chapter in my book where I talk about that and what you need to understand. Um, if you want to understand it early in life or if you have sons, go and take them to a family courtroom when they're 18 or 19 or 20 or something like that and just say, Let's grab some uh, coffee and have a seat over here and just see what happens to, you know, the 53% of men that have to untie the knot and sit there and watch. You know, you want to you want to red pill your sons? It's probably the easiest way to do it. It's going to scare the shit out of them, though. They're probably never going to get married. You may never have grandchildren. But, I mean, there's still ways to work around that as well, too. I talk about some of those notions, and I have talked about them before. And, you know, the third, third thing was ego invest in a chick and her kids. Do the right thing. You know, they tell men and women different things, right? They tell women, you do what's right for you, girl. They just tell men, you do what's right, right? So, I mean, you ego invest in them, their kids, and you do all the right things, and you have responsibility to them, and you don't have any authority. Again, you know, it's something else I talk about in the chapter of my book about why I don't think I should deal with uh, single moms. It's not a good use of your time. So it doesn't matter what it happens to be for anybody, but you're going to make ego investments in certain notions, ideas, and stories that don't pan out the way that you expect them to. 
and that collapse that uh you know safe world theory falling apart on itself is usually what forces guys to the unplugging process and i always say this right like the first step is uh seeing their bullshit and you know the other step that follows that is seeing your own bullshit you know what lies have you told yourself right there's there's an entire population of the north american continent that tells themselves you're beautiful at any size i posted this um uh, photograph here on Twitter today. Let me put it up on the screen sort of as a frame of relevance. Uh, if you're beautiful at any size, then why does, let me present on the screen here, because these are facts. Uh, apparently this is Lizzo on the CBS Morning Show. Why does she have a heavy duty chair with giant wheels and everybody else has regular chairs with regular wheels? I don't know but you're beautiful at any size right like there's all these lies people tell us we tell ourselves this is what the notion of the unplugged alpha is this is what these podcasts are building on this is what the follow-up book to this builds on these are the concepts that i deal with when i'm talking to people when they book me for private consults and we're getting into a lot of this stuff i have <laughs> you know um to the notion of the one percent uh, forum, which is coming in January. I have uh, one of my speakers. He deals with, how can I put this? He's a fixer. Okay. And I mean, I could give him your name and one other piece of information about you and I'll have everything that I need, where you live, where your parents live. Do you have a vacation home? What school did you go to? Right. He's like one of these guys that fixes problems for people. And he started seeing the code in the matrix years ago, right? You know, before he came across my content. And he's one of these guys that came across my content because of his divorce. He's going to be giving a talk at the event about understanding the unplugging process around the world in every area of life because he fixes problems for a lot of people and he's seen a lot of bullshit. So all the stuff you see in the news and the media and everything you see on social media, you'll start to get some frame of reference around ideas as to why I don't get involved and get dragged into that bullshit. But like I said a couple weeks ago, they want to distract you. All right. Let me do the uh, call-in segment, guys. Apologies for the uh, wait. Um, let me just run the ad reel, and I'll be back in like uh, a couple minutes. And again, the link to call in, it's pinned at the top. Hit it. Bring your questions. If you got a disagreement, something that, uh, you know, you have a better solution to something that I've talked about, let's chop it up. This episode is brought to you by the Unplugged Alpha Supplements and Grondike Soap Company. Brothers, if you're like me and you take what you put in your body seriously, you'll want to use the Unplugged Alpha Supplements. An obsession with absorption is what sets this line apart from the others. You want to make sure that you absorb as much of the supplements as possible so you don't end up peeing out expensive urine. My supplement line is made in the United States from the highest quality domestic ingredients. And unlike cheaper supplements from China and plastic bottles, Mine ship in dark glass bottles to keep your supplements fresher, longer, and won't seep endocrine disrupting plastics into your supplements. Nothing is a hard tablet. Everything is in an easily digestible, bioavailable capsule. You can filter all products by various categories, including testosterone support, estrogen metabolism, fat burning, immune health, sleep support, and performance. Visit theunpluggedalpha.com forward slash shop and use the subscribe and save option to get 10% off your supplement orders or use coupon code alpha10 for 10% off a one-time order to try it out. Then I use tactical soap and God of War beard oil every day. 
Tactical soap is a handmade product made in the United States from ingredients you can actually pronounce, not conventional endocrine lowering toiletry chemicals. Both the soap and the beard oils are infused with bioidentical pheromones that are designed by a clinical psychologist and pheromone expert to maximize attractiveness to the opposite sex. Go visit coopersoap.com and get 10% off your order today. Guys, check out my website at richcooper.ca for more information on booking me for coaching, my community, my courses, and a whole bunch more. You can also find all the useful links pinned below in the top YouTube comment of all my videos. Now let's get on with the show. All right, I uh, got Kizzo waiting to hop in, so let's uh, pull him in. How you doing, man? Evening, Rich. It's been a while. How have you been? I've been well. You wanted to talk about the single father thing or something else? Um, no. Nah, I mean, I don't just want to go over that because with your how to fix marriage, I fully agree that it's just a 50-50 custody. I don't purely because we both know from the data, fathers are better than mothers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. But I mean, it's 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 depriving children of a parent, and um, right. I just don't like it either way. I don't like it when women try to alienate fathers from their children, or they'll weaponize the children, yeah. you know, to extract financial resources or control. But that's the reality of the world that we live in. Um, if she's crazy, if she's a coke addict, if she's a prostitute, yeah. then I would say absolutely, custody goes to the father. But a lot of problems in family law would be solved very, very quickly if there was default 50-50 shared custody. There's nothing to fight over. It's, oh, you want to have custody? Well, then you have to prove that he's a piece of shit. Touche, touche. But for me, I'm just like, look, if fathers are doing an objectively better job yeah. based on all the data, they should have default custody unless proven unfit. Yeah. Because well, I think good. then... That would, that would be better than her getting it. Let's just put it that way. But yeah, um, yeah, that's just for me because I'll tell you this right now. The only way I'm getting married and feeling strong enough to get married if I became king. Because that way I can make the rules and that way no bitch can divorce me. But I can have to get rid of her. <laughs> if you become king. Yeah, well, hey, you know, that's how that's how the kings did it in the early days in the uh, <clears throat> you know, the medieval times, right? They didn't like something, they would they would petition the uh, the church, you know, for divorce or a beheading or whatever it happened to be but uh well, yeah, we henry, VIII started, well, henry yeah. VIII started the trend after kicking getting rid of the catholic church yeah. and creating the church of england so he could get a divorce yeah even though his first marriage was technically illegitimate yeah but what uh, you got for me I, tonight man what else you got um actually you know what's gonna say rich do you know what does make me laugh about feminism specifically you're gonna laugh at this since i know you're a car guy feminism in many ways trains women to be everything that they absolute that men utterly despise yeah it's a bit like having a car company build a car that no one wants and they and they expect you to buy it well i think car companies do that today anyway because everything is vanilla it all looks the same i don't know if you ever saw that meme but there was a meme that i saw at one point where every brand's like mid-size suv was finished in white and it was all of them side by side. And with some small exceptions to wheel design, maybe where the arches were and the B pillars, they almost look identical. They're all very vanilla. And car companies design these for women now because they make most of the buying decisions. Yeah, because um, I think the problem is they're relying on like two or three like design groups. Yeah. And the problem is when you have two or three design groups, they're naturally going to all blend in because they have the same style. Yeah. Whereas like you look at how even 20 years ago, 
you didn't even require a badge to know that's a BMW, that's a Mercedes, mm-hmm. that's an Audi, that's a Ford, whatever. Yeah, but I think. It's, yeah, you it's, could have a, uh, a a small image of like a corner of a headlight and know what the brand was. Exactly, now they all look pretty much the same. Yeah, I think it's too much of like the homogenization of design, which actually enough alienates your brands and makes you blend in too much, rather yeah. than having a distinct style. Which is why I still support. I still love the exotic brands, the true exotic brands. Yeah, they're still out there, man. But uh, they're out of reach for a lot of guys, so they got to make some serious bank to go and get into those. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that's the only thing I do miss is that, like, especially with the '90s specifically so many manufacturers were being very innovative and doing things that made themselves desirable. Yeah. Even the so-called not as premium brands were doing things that made them desirable for car people or yeah. just the general public. Yeah. Like, you know, especially Japan with the JDM scene. Well, for those who don't know, JDM stands for Japanese domestic machines. So I'm talking Skyline, Supras, Impressas, Evos, etc. Mm-hmm. All of them distinctly different, but they're so desired by everyone. Yeah. I mean, yeah. go to a car, mate. I bet you if you turned up in a clean R34 GTR, everyone's going to want to see that. They don't want to see the Lambos. They don't want to see the Ferraris or the freaking whatnot. They just yeah, you get more the- attention in an old GTR or an old Subaru or something like that than you will probably will in an exotic car. <laughs> but yeah, I think you're absolutely right. You know, like feminism turns women, and it's why I call it toxic feminism. So toxic feminism, yeah. you know, to be clear, turns women into terrible versions of men. Um, they're told to, you know, be disagreeable, to climb the corporate ladder, to get more degrees, to be uh, bossy. And, um, what's the other one that, you know, they tell women to do where it's like, uh, you know, they want like witty banter, but like they're, but like women's version of win- of witty banter sucks. Like, it's not like men's version, you know, where we sort of bust each other's chops. It's like, Really? you know, sort of thing. Yeah. So uh-huh. yeah, it does turn them into sort of terrible versions of um, men, but it is yeah, what it is. Well, I mean, thankfully yeah. there are still some feminine women out there that understand, you know, these realities. But the problem is, is they usually don't get to the understanding part until they're older, you know, well, yeah. until they're past their prime and they realize, hang on a second, maybe I'm 37. I need to reevaluate why things haven't gone the way that I thought they would go. Uh, let me take a look out there and they find something or they start diving down these rabbit holes that explain to them, you know, like the best selling book out there for women is why men love bitches. The second best selling book that that woman wrote was why men marry bitches. And they've sold millions of copies of this steaming pile of dog shit that women consume. And they're convinced to, again, you know, be dis- be disagreeable, uh, not not be kind, not be friendly, not, you know take on pink jobs and let them do blue jobs you know it's, it is what it is well yeah i mean with what you said about when feminism do you know i always use this term to people and they start some people cotton on but i think more people need to say this feminism turns women into vindictive dickless men <laughs> in terms of the symbol yeah and what i mean by that is they are very vindictive all the boss babes i don't care who they are they always have a vindictive nature to them riddled with envy yeah they effectively are dickless that's why they're so like i don't care what anyone says if you meet a man with a napoleon complex or has clearly been castrated psychologically or physically to make up for it they become extremely freaking hostile Mm -hmm. or have an extreme bitchy nature Mm -hmm. and then you have the man part as well and that's why i always laugh that 
people say, oh, these women are so masculine. No, 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 no. They're not masculine. They're unfeminine. They're, and that's yeah, they're unfeminine. And because so many men have become more feminine or adopted softer traits, our lower T, uh, become less so, you know, women can become more. There was a, um, here, let me share one quick thing here okay, sure. uh, with you because I've got uh, got a few other people waiting here. But a buddy of mine that's in the marketing space, um, and I want to make a video about this. I, I have to get the original post. But this is the typical thing that goes on. He said, this stuff is driving me bonkers. So many white knights pandering in the comments. The white dude comment, you know, bracket, you know, yeah. the quotation is so brazen. How does anyone put up with that? Racism and sexism on full display just because there's a majority of women in marketing doesn't mean that they're on the leadership board. So this so this chick, some some of the gals hate the word chick, but I don't care. It's been in my vocabulary forever. So this chick goes, spoiler, spoiler alert, and she's complaining. AI is based, so based that when the female quotant search for AI, the most influential person is advertised, is listed six men and only one woman. Worse, AI's visual embodiment of the results ended up being this white guy. <laughs> this white guy. He's not real, but based AI is. And then she goes on, you know, complaining about why there aren't women, to blah, 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 blah. It's like, yeah. you know, there's always these, you know, complaints about why the most influential person in marketing or something like that isn't a woman. But there's no push to get women on garbage trucks and oil rigs and roofing jobs yeah. and coal mines. It's just this bullshit. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's why I don't buy the feminist BS. And to be honest, I've been fighting the feminist cause for like 12 years. And this is what always makes me laugh that... Um, when women talk about, oh, these women are so masculine, I'm like, no, 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 you're not. One of the traits of masculinity is stoicism. Yeah. And you are the opposite to stoic. So, like, cut that BS. Strength is another big part of masculinity, which they completely miss as well. Well, yeah, and this is what makes me laugh. is like, if you look at the so-called most masculine women in the truest sense, they are all known as tomboys. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't care what anyone says, a tomboy... Once you've had it, I you cannot go back. In some ways, I regard it as like a forbidden fruit for men. Because once <laughs> you experience it, your mind is like open up. You're like, oh my God, this is so refreshing. Because they maintain much of the femininity aspect, but they end up removing the so-called negative aspects of the femininity in question. Yeah, I, I just I just have nothing for tom, tomboys, man. I'm, I'm, I'm all about the feminine girls. No, no, don't get me wrong. I love a feminine woman, but my God, it is refreshing to deal with like someone who's more of a tomboy or a girl who's been raised but around a male environment. Yeah. I'll, yeah, because you know, I'll say this. Um, I've I've dated women that are like that over a long term basis, and they're they seem fun at first, but yeah. they're not over a long term basis. They just drive you fucking nuts. Anyway, yes, um, yes, I gotta run out and grab these other guys, but uh appreciate it. All right, let's see what uh, we got a T smash here and an Anthony. And I'll try to get to as many of you guys as I can. Again, the link to call in is uh, pinned at the top of the live chat on YouTube. So if you guys are watching somewhere else, go over to YouTube and uh, hit it there. Let's give T smash a shot here. T smash, single father with frame. What do you got for me, brother? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Um, you were mentioning something about the divorce with um, uh, the single, the single father part. I actually read your book, and 
took a lot of it um, with me during that transition. And one thing I found very helpful was maintaining my frame during the divorce process as well as after and even to now. And I, I do have children with this individual and she she goes by what I say to this day, even after the fact that we're divorced and she left me for another guy. Mm-hmm. So maintaining that frame really helps with uh, uh, as well as uh, keeping your emotional uh, control, your emotions under control as well. You guys have um, shared parenting arrangement where it's 50 50 or something close to that? Yeah, it's 50 50. Uh, through the courts, it's like specific to, uh, I think it was two weeks on, two weeks off, but mm-hmm. I usually have them when I have to leave to go out of state or to do other stuff that I need to, um, or I can keep them for a month if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. This is as long as we have that communication and um, we have a system in place where, yeah, we, you know, go back and forth Christmas this year, Christmas them next year. And um, like even now, she has two other after my two. <laughs> um, two more. And yeah, yeah. And now I've seen like some some habits with them and I'll make sure I try to talk to them and discipline them with both of them off to the side, um, mm. their mother and then the other guy. So that way they understand that my rules supersede what she has in her household because that's that's the way i'm teaching them. and even with the school aspect um let's good. say taken to the hospital yeah good for you i man. think i got lucky that's, that's really really difficult for guys to accomplish because most of them can't even accomplish it while they're together with the kid's mother and it's arguably yeah. probably harder Definitely. for most guys especially if they don't have frame to do it after you've parted ways because now she doesn't have to put up with your ass too now you know because you're in separate yeah. houses and you're you know officially divorced so to 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 cooperate or to follow your lead to some regard can be tough um it's one of the most difficult areas you know i've seen for guys try to manage after the, so what would what would be your best tip for guys to follow that are watching right now that might be struggling with frame as a as a divorced dad um but for me at first it would be it was scheduling <clears throat> making sure I still provided that income. Um, the only thing was I, had, I hired a lawyer, actually two lawyers to get two different uh, perspectives and where I'm at in my region. Uh, and I'm in Arizona, by the way. Mm-hmm. So um, what is it called? The family law or where uh, you're staying in the household, you're pretty much um, seen as a, a marriage. Um, but we were actually married. So after getting through all that legal stuff, um, I changed my mindset and I had to change my physical well-being as well. I wasn't a lot of pain. I was uh, fat, so I lost weight and I had that uh, authoritative, uh, I guess, um, uh, voice. So when I went to talk to the lawyer and I talked to her, um, like, okay, well, this is this is how it's going to go because I'm not going to lose. And I just put that in my mindset. It was either that or you're going to fail. So I jumped in all the way, 100%. And I told myself, if I'm going to lose, I'm going to go down fighting. So uh, we pretty much made it without the lawyers um, because I was threatening to, you know, I'll take him all the way. I'll take him. I'll fight you all the way to the end. And, you know, I was scared, you know, mm-hmm. human. I was scared shitless, but, you know, I did it, jumped in there, and sure sure enough, she gave up within, like, 
three months or yeah 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 i can see months. that i mean like you like you have the attitude about it you have the aura about it and if you sort of approach it from the perspective of i'll just burn the whole thing down and give you half the ashes you know sort of you know yeah. moment um it's 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 a strong position you know it, it doesn't always work but it worked for you so that's so that's wonderful so it worked out you know for the end of the day so you've done well for yourself oh yeah cool, and i man. do enjoy watching the content thanks man did you have anything else for me before i get to the next caller um no that's it Thank all right brother you. take care man see ya all right um again guys the link is pinned at the top uh i got room for maybe another 50 minutes or so 20 we'll see uh let's give anthony a shot here see what he's got for me anthony how you doing brother hey rich how you doing today good what do you got for me tonight good good so just uh just uh first off thank you for having uh jonathan noble on a few weeks back yeah he's uh, awesome. to share those updates from florida he's got really good information um and uh really i guess you know my question was uh and listening there to t smash and and just just with yourself right i know there's probably not a whole lot that you can do you know, reveal right about your own personal situation when you went through it. But when when you initially went through the divorce, and I think you were able to get a shared custody situation, which is, I think, a really hard thing to do in Canada, what would be like the number one thing that you would recommend to guys? You know, I heard T smash. And, you know, what he said, was it was it that same attitude you had? Or how did you go about getting that good result for yourself and good result for your child? Yeah, that's um, that's a good question. I do have a course um, that you can purchase. It's it's, it's cheap. It's less than two hundred bucks just for the course material called the. Um, uh, it's under the School of Entrepreneurship banner, I think, but it's a divorce course, so it's in the description of all my videos. So if you're planning on untying the knot, there's like three or four hours worth of content in, in there that that get into the nitty gritty of of how to do it without screwing it up. So. The, the the TLDR version of the three or four hours of content in there is is mostly staying in the staying in the matrimonial home mm -hmm. um, and making sure that you've protected yourself in every way possible so that you can't get thrown out of the home, have the locks change, have a a, a false DV charge you know thrown at you, uh, fall for any of the tricks that you know women uh, you know will play to have the upper hand and the advantage during the untying of the knot. But there's there's a lot of stuff that sort of builds on just staying in the matrimonial home. But the big mistake that most guys get, you know, get to is she'll be like, well, I love you, but I don't love you anymore. So I'm going to take the kids and go and stay at my mom's or, hey, it would be great if you just sort of like left to make things easier around here. And then, you know, the dorky guy just goes, well, OK, you know, whatever you want, I'll you know, see if I can win her back if I go and stay in my parents, you know, basement or my brother's spare right. bedroom. Um, and that doesn't work. Uh, staying mm -hmm. in the matrimonial home, uh, unless a lawyer advises against it, is usually the first step to making sure that you have shared custody and you don't fuck yourself up. Um, if you don't have kids, it doesn't really matter. Uh, but if you have a house like an asset, you know, for example, a matrimonial so home has to be sold, you'll at least have control over when the house sells by being in it. If you, if you leave, like possession is nine tenths of the law, right? You know, so if you don't have kids, but it's just dealing with assets and you have to sell the matrimony home, leaving the house is not a good plan, you know, from the get go. Um, but there's risk involved, you know, when you stay in a house because she can do all kinds of nefarious shit to get you thrown out or locked up or have the locks change or whatever. Yeah, no, that's, that's very, very true. And false allegations, obviously, you know, huge issue out there for, for parents and, and families. So, 
Um, well, thank you. Thank you for that. And also just one thing, I don't know if it came up on the, uh, the call with Jonathan Noble, but Missouri also passed, uh, standard 50, 50, uh, this last summer. So, yeah. um, it's yet there's another a, state, um, thankfully. There's a website. I think the national parents organization, um, is what it's called. I, I had a guy on from the organization at one point, maybe a year or two ago on, on the podcast list. And they rank all of the states in the U.S. Um, you know with a grade. And if it's a friendly state to fathers, it gets a high grade. If it's not a friendly state, it gets a low grade. I think the highest rating states were uh, either Kentucky or Tennessee was right at the top. Uh, Arizona, Texas was good. Florida was good. And then the rest of them were kind of just like mediocre. And then they just kind of went down to shit. Um, yeah. But you definitely want, if you can, I mean, if you want to have children – it's advisable in my opinion, because a woman always reserves the right to change her mind at any given time to do it in a state where it's default 50, 50. So, um, you know, you can take that for what it's worth. You can tell her, you know, sure, I'll get married, but we're moving to this state or whatever, but you know, you decide what it is that you want to do. Yeah, no, no. I actually know the, the exact map you're talking about and, um, I can send it to you here in the chat. So if you want to post it for the folks, yeah, yeah, it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Drop yeah. It. Go ahead. Thanks. P appreciate it. Thanks again. Bye, See ya. Um, to the point of the material in the divorce course, let me grab the, uh, link here. Cause I, I don't always have it ready. Uh, unplug the office guy too. There it is. So, um, it's linked in the, de in the description. So it's the unplugged alpha's guide to divorce. Sorry. I forget the name of it. This one is open all the time. It's available for sale at any given time. It's $197. There's, there's thousands and thousands of dollars worth of content in there. Uh, I, I just made it cheap just to make it simple for guys because divorce sucks and you know, it is what it is. So, um, you can grab that there. I'll here, I'll grab the link and copy and paste here. Um, the school of entrepreneurship, by the way, is going to open for enrollment on November 1st. Um, and that's my, uh, flagship course, which has got like over eight hours of content now in it, uh, which teaches you the do's and don'ts of, uh, setting up a business so you can make some money at it and not hate it because that's what most people do they'll go and set up some nightmare of a business that uh doesn't serve them and is hard annoying lame and frustrating and the ideal uh type of business you want to set up is one that's ticks off the boxes of you're good at it you love doing it and it makes lots of money and it's also easy lucrative and fun so that's what i break down in that material there uh but again that'll launch november 1st if you're on my email list you'll get notified there first so get on get on the damn email list uh let's do bobby over here actually here i got that link from uh anthony let me grab that real quick and so this is a map he's given me uh shared parenting report card map national parents organization yeah so it's the same source so i'll put that here in the chat for you guys uh shared parenting map boom and if you're watching the replay and the live chat isn't available to you, you can't see it or whatever, just Google National Parents Organization Shared Parenting Report Card Map, and you'll come up. Let's see what, uh, oh, wait, let me grab the super chat here real quick. Um, Giuseppe, oh, thank you. Where is it? Red, there it is. Uh, of all respect, I think, please, both parents should have equal custody to the child. One parent depriving the other parent of access to the child is cruel and brutal. Yeah, that's my position, you know, for the most part as well, too. Unless she's like a total piece of garbage, right? Like a drug dealer, prostitute, like just something that's not good for children to be around. It's better to have equal access to both parents. 
Um, ideally, you know, both parents all the time or whatever, but you get the point. In a divorce, the child should spend equal time with both parents' things. Yeah, we're on the same page on that. Um, let's see what Bobby's got here for us. Bobby, what's crackalacking? Now, much. I was going to ask you uh, how much you knew about unjust enrichment laws. Unjust enrichment laws in what area? Like in family law? Yeah, I'm in the U.S. Uh, yeah. Like for assets. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what's your question? Oh, so like for me, um, I was with a woman for 10 years. Yeah. And she was a stay-at-home mom for three quarters of that. Yeah. But the mortgage was in her name. Mm-hmm. So now I'm having to sue her to get my asset, my equity out of the house. How was the, how did they approve a mortgage in her name if she wasn't working? She had a job when we got together. Oh, she quit. They, she quit when she was pregnant with our second child. Okay. And then you just but, took care of paying the mortgage. They didn't ask for any updated proof of income or anything like that. No nope, mortgage was always paid. Yeah. Um, well, that's a legal question. So whatever the line in the sand is that the family lawyer says in your state is kind of like, you know, the rule of law. But if it's, if it states that, you know, it's this, then go for this and make sure you're firm on it. You know, there's a whole bunch of stuff that you can do to sort of encourage her in that direction. Where are you at in the process? You still in the house? You move out of the house? You, oh, no, I've right been out. Yet? I've been out for over a year and a half, but in uh, litigation for about 14 months. Yeah. Um, and what's her position on the matrimonial asset? Well, we weren't married. So um, that's why she was on. Law? No, we don't. Uh, we don't have common law. So you don't have common law. So so what's the problem? She doesn't want to give you half the house. Oh, no. She thinks she told me to consider it rent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My friend, you're going to have to lawyer up on that one. You're going to be up for an uphill uh, battle. Oh, I'm six grand in already. Yeah, it's Which probably isn't, gonna, isn't that bad. Yeah, the bills, the bills probably going to keep keep getting racked up. But uh, joint hey, custody man. cost me twenty. Yeah, it is what it is. That's what that's what happens when you invite the state into your life. You know, this is why I keep telling guys. You know, if you get married in the West, you invite the state into your house. And stuff in family law does not encourage women to behave well. So the notion of unjust enrichment that you're describing there is what many guys go through. I don't know what the percentage is, but many guys go through it where it's like she just looks at the laws or she sits down with her girlfriends one night, gets smashed over a bottle of wine, and they're like, hey, girl, you know, you can do this, that, and the other thing. And she's like, yeah, fuck that guy. I'm going to do this, that, and the other thing. And then, you know, you're in for the battle. It's That's just the way that family law is, guys. So, I mean, I, I can't really do anything for you, Bobby. There's no time machine I can put you in to send you back to a time where you don't get you know live with this woman and put babies in her you make somebody better obviously but um maybe let maybe I, the lesson here so let's so let's go about it this route to give the viewers a little bit of a lesson so have you read my book have you got gotten into the red flag chapter i have you i have bought your book i have not gotten to read it yet okay so i just got it recently flag. okay so there's probably red flags there so maybe oh, there was go through that then you can come back on and say hey look you know she had these three, six, 17 red flags. So had I paid attention to this, then I could have potentially avoided this uh, slight train wreck that I'm in right now. But it sounds like you're going to have to lawyer up and rely on the lawyer's advice and do what you got to do to get this thing fixed. Yeah, I guess uh, I was actually calling in more almost as information for a guy who does get with somebody and they're together long enough. She could have potentially equity in a state. Yeah, there's... um. 
there's that even with story. the cohabitation agreement. Yeah, there's that famous story about that footballer. Um, it was it was back in the summertime, and he and he got with a Spanish, I don't know, newscaster or, or soap opera actress or some shit like that. And this footballer put all of his assets, all of his paychecks went to his mom. He had nothing in his name, nothing in her name, and it all went to his mom. And I think the the end result of it or where they were getting to was that she was going to have to pay him money because he technically was worth nothing. Um, so he structured himself in such a way that he couldn't get fucked over. So that's, that's some precautionary steps to the, like, that's some God mode stuff right there. Um, yeah. I'm not saying that you necessarily, you know, should have to do that, but that's, that's a pretty good insurance policy, especially again, when women reserve the right to change their mind at any given time. Yeah, I'm not so sure that the stay-at-home mom thing didn't help. Yeah, it it doesn't. So to sort of explain to the audience, like, it's kind of fucked, you know, because we keep telling guys, you know, the best thing is that she does the pink jobs, does the mommy stuff, and raises the kids, especially for the first few years when they're small, when they need that sort of stuff. And the guy, you know, dad can do, like, you know, the manly stuff when they come closer to of age, you know, seven, eight, ten, you know, stuff like that. Um, so the stay at home mommy notion seems like a good idea. But the problem with that is Bobby gets to go ahead and pursue his career and make his money. And he, you know, he goes out and brings brings home the bacon. And the social contract that you have is that she cooks it up. Right. Um, as a consequence of that, though, she abandons her ability to make money. She quits her job and she stays home to raise the kids. Then her argument becomes when you're untying the knot. Well, I gave up my career so Bobby could pursue his. So now I like my skills are out of date. I can't work. I need his income, right? Because when you're married, she's all strong and independent. I don't need no man. You can't tell me what to do. But all of a sudden now when you're getting divorced, oh, I can't cope. I can't make you know ends meet on my own. He has to pay for everything. Blah, 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 blah. Right. So that's the problem with the stay at home mom uh, issue, which they become resentful. Yeah. And if you're in a state where it's default 50 50, you don't even have to have that fight. Right. Like that's one of the preventative measures that you can put in place to sort of protect you from that. But nobody thinks about these things, you know, beforehand. You didn't. I didn't. You know, I thought. You know, you just get married and everything's fine. If it doesn't work out, you just untie the knot and everything's fine. But no, that's not how it works out. Nope. Anyway, <clears throat> thanks, Bobby. Yeah, thank you. See you, bud. All right. Um, I think I'm going to wrap it up on that note. Uh, I've got to do a couple things before we hop on to the ladies' night. Um, yeah, Akchif Hakimi. This guy. So if you're curious about that story that I just mentioned, look up this dude's name. Um, he was all over the media. I don't even know what the outcome is on, of that. I'm, I'm going to jot that down, uh, Kizza, and sort of follow up because um, it'd be interesting to see what the outcome of the lawsuit is. It'd be, it'd be funny to see if she has to pay him um, at the end of it all because he, from what I understand, I, I don't watch a lot of sports, you guys. If you have followed me for a while, you know that I don't watch sports. I've got a video on the Entrepreneurs and Cars channels of why. But he's uh, apparently a well-known name. Uh, anyway, Moroccan footballer. Thank you. Um, 8.45, so in about 30 minutes, we're doing the uh, ladies' night show. Um, I'll have to double-check with Moff, but we'll make the announcement on the show. I'm pretty sure this is the last one that we're going to do on a uh, Monday night. We're going to move uh, ladies' night to Wednesday night. Uh, but we've got a great panel of gals lined up. 
Um, one of the ladies was on a few weeks ago and I didn't even get to her question, but she had a good question about how to avoid putting her, putting her husband through betatization through a thousand concessions. And we've got a few other new gals on, so we'll see where the conversations go with that. It's always a interesting show and an interesting night with that. So do me solid, leave a comment below just for the algos and uh, a like, and I'll hit the podcast outro and we'll see you guys in about uh, 30 minutes, same channel on uh, the ladies night show. All right, guys, if you enjoyed that podcast, make sure you visit my website at richcooper.ca to learn more about my courses, my book, The Unplugged Alpha, community, or booking me for private coaching. Also, if you are a Canadian with $15,000 or more of credit card debt and what you are doing right now isn't paying off the balances, then visit totaldebtfreedom.ca and hit get a free quote to see if you qualify to settle your credit card debt for less than you owe today over the next 48 months. Make sure you check out the top pinned comment on YouTube for all the links mentioned during the show. Peace.